I want to welcome you out to our Sunday evening service. This evening I've put together a message called The Vow of Marriage. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before we enter into this subject, I want to tell you that a vow is a pledge. It is a promise. It is an oath. And it has to be defined and fully understood if we are going to get the full impact and benefit of our marriages. My target this evening is the need to understand the extreme responsibilities of what the vows of matrimony mean and what they're supposed to do. My goal this evening is to give the husband and the wife understanding and to challenge them to protect and to preserve our marriages. You and I must recognize and understand this is the most serious decision that we make on this side of eternity. And it was meant for an entire lifetime. And we are challenged throughout the Word of God that we should not enter into this covenant relationship lightly, unadvisedly, but most of all in the fear of the Lord Jesus Christ as we pledge our lives one to another, held together by a pledge, a promise, an oath, the vows of marriage. The text that I want to look at today is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible says these words, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. This is a powerful picture of God's intent and God's purpose. And he understands the clear reality that when he designed man, he did not design a man to be alone. He designed a man to have a wife, to build a family. He says, I will make for him a helpmeet for him. I will make a companion for him. I will make someone to come alongside of him. I will make him complete through the counterpart of a wife. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the second text I want to look at. This is a totally different subject, but it lends to what I want to say today. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, 
and they shall become one flesh. In this passage of scripture, we see the unparalleled need for men to understand and women to understand the plan of God concerning the vows of marriage. This is a picture of a man and a woman leaving their strongest connections, leaving their mother and their father. It is a picture of severing the apron strings and releasing their parents and bonding one to another and they shall cleave unto their spouse. He shall cleave unto his wife and they will become one flesh. The vows of matrimony. The interesting thought in this passage of scripture points to the reality of the vows. The antithesis of this subject is marriage has become an amazing out of balance celebration and a ceremony that is of wealth or um, an unbalance to the bonds of holy matrimony. It is needful to remind every married couple of the sacred covenant that they are about to enter into. This really has very little to do with atmosphere and decorations and and the the celebration of the ceremony it has to be entered into and what I want every married couple to understand is that this is a sacred covenant that you and I are involved in it is designed to be the most important decision we make it was intended to be a lifetime commitment, living out the years one with another. It was intended from the beginning of time to be a lifelong commitment to one person, disrupted only by the subject of death, until death do we part, the only subject that makes this covenant vow, the vows of marriage, null and void. And what I want to drive home today is this is a lifelong decision, a lifelong commitment to one person and cannot be disrupted by anything other than death. I want to talk to you firstly about completion and maturity. The vows before God and men. This is a very powerful subject for you and I to understand. The text is pointing to completion. It is not good for man to be alone. God's creative work was not complete until he made a woman. You and I as men, we are not whole until we enter into this level of commitment, this level of loyalty, this level of responsibility. It is not good that we remain alone. I will make a helpmeet for him. It is a picture of completion of creation. 
creation and laid at the vows of marriage is the harness of maturity, the harness of responsibility. This is a picture of completion and maturity. He could have made, he could have made her out of the dust of the ground as he made men. But God chose to make her from the man's flesh, from his bone, illustrating for us that a marriage is between a man and a woman, and they are to be united as one. It is a picture of completion and maturity, the mystical union of the couple's hearts and lives throughout the Bible, God's design and God's treatment of this special partnership. He holds extremely serious you are married or planning to be married you must be willing to keep the commandments that make the two of you one this has to be understood this will eliminate the unbelievable amount of options that we have created in our modern society when we understand that it is a lifelong commitment with absolutely no options of disillusionment or, 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 or divorce. The two of us are one flesh and the goal in marriage should be more than friendship. It should be oneness and complete loyalty and obedience one to another. It's completion and maturity. This is a very serious subject and we must understand the weight that the vows of marriage carry. Marriage is a public setting. The bonds of marriage are to be done before witnesses. First of all, in the sight of God. This is why we have the structure of marriage. Is it's to be done, first of all, in the sight of God. In front of both families, both sides. In front of friends and in front of the church. It is there in this public setting that we see the establishing of the vows. As we enter into this covenant of marriage, we make promises before God and men. These are the vows of marriage. This is not just a side issue. This is not just a common agreement. This is an oath. This is a pledge. This is what holds the marriage together. This is the glue and the responsibility of the husband and the wife is to understand the value of the, of the vows they're about to commit to. This exceeds emotions and the hallmark of feeling. This must be recognized as a sacred covenant before God, a public affair. We stand a couple at the altar. And we say, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the sight of God. I, I know you remember that. In the sight of God and in this company. And those are the visitors and the guests that would be there. The witnesses. That's why we have witnesses.
a best man, a maid of honor, their primary role is to signify on a binding legal document called the marriage license that this couple is in love, that this couple wants to live out the rest of their life with each other. They are signed witnesses. Yea and amen. Our signature signifies that this man and this woman want to spend the rest of their life together and before God and this company of people, before these witnesses, we hereby agree to this union. They will be one flesh. It is a public setting. commended of St. Paul to be honorable before God and should not be entered into lightly but reverently, soberly, advisedly and most of all in the fear of God. This in short means we cannot fail at this subject. That's why I believe you need to absolutely make sure you better talk some things through. You better consider all the realities and the responsibility that marriage brings to the table. We must consider the, the ordinances of God as we enter into this sacred vow of marriage. This is a public affair and you and I must take it serious. We use terms like these two come now to be joined before God, before the state, before the church, before this company of witnesses, even those who are invited, everyone is a witness. And they are not a witness to the wedding dress. They are not a witness to the color of suits or tuxedos or the, the glare of the shiny shoes or the flowers and the bouquet that the bride carries. All of that has its place. But the reality of the vows of marriage, we have all come together to witness this one sole subject, to witness the promises and the covenant that they will make before God and men. We are there in a public setting to declare and to be witnesses and you and I as witnesses can absolutely hold this couple to the responsibilities and to the vows that they said before God and men. This is not a light issue. You and I must recognize that what makes a marriage sacred, what makes a marriage intense is the vows that they commit one to another before God and all the witnesses that are there. It's holy matrimony. A different sermon, but that's why it's to be entered into pure and righteous morally. I want to talk to you secondly about marriage being a sacred covenant. There is no way to separate the reality of what a covenant is and what a covenant means. Riddled throughout the Word of God, we find that it is a blood sacrifice. These vows are meant to bind promise. 
that can never be forgotten. Understanding and embracing is the secret to success or the reason for failure. This is not rocket science today. If I could challenge every married couple today to revisit the vows of their marriage and the covenant that they made one to another as they pledged their life one to another. Marriages only fail when one or both parties break the agreement or violate the promise or violate the vows. And my challenge today is to revisit and to understand the agreement in the sharing of a life together the binding promises that they made at an altar before God should never be forgotten they should be embraced and they should be practiced and they should be exercised and the embracing of these vows at an individual level is the secret to success or the reason for failure A covenant before God. To effectively define the term covenant, we have to recognize it as a formal and a serious agreement, a vow, an oath, a pledge. I pledge to you my entire life. I give you all that I have. I give everything that I can bring to the table, everything I have to offer for the rest of my life. I come now to make a vow and a promise to you for a lifetime. It is a covenant before God, a, a formal and a serious agreement, a written agreement between two or more people. It is a contract of two individual parties. It is a formal and a solemn and a binding compact, a written agreement. That's why you have a piece of paper. I've heard people say, no, 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 I don't need a marriage license. All it is is a piece of paper. You're absolutely right. It is a written document. It is a piece of paper that is recorded in the state wherever we may be living. It is filed in the marriage file of the church office. It is a binding agreement that on this said day, this man and this woman agreed and made a binding contract. They shared vows and pledges one to another. They absolutely gave themselves to each other. We have witnesses. We declare the same before God and everyone that was there you as witnesses can say you know what whatever I was there I watched you I heard you when the preacher said will you do this will you do that we heard you say I do it is a binding contract the marriage vows a document to record on that day you gave up many rights to embrace a whole new set of rights 
You're right, it's just a piece of paper. But we're able to pull it out and remind everyone the day, not when the limousine dropped you off, to remind you of the vows that you made one to another. In the midst of all that our marriages go through, there's two predominant realities that I want to bring to the table this evening. One, there's not a single perfect man or woman. And my goal today is not only to remind us of these sacred vows and this covenant we made to each other. My challenge is to get you to consider and to remember the promises that you made. Because our goal is to preserve, to protect, to understand our marriage vows. If we are going to rebuild the framework of the Navajo Nation, we have to get our marriages in order. We have to have our marriages on a right foundation. And I understand, firstly, that this is going to require, in many cases, forgiveness on both parts. The audience that I'm speaking to today, I am fully aware of the mistakes that we have made and the difficulties that we've had, and possibly even the failures that may be riddled through our individual marital relationships. But one thing is for sure, in spite of all the realities of all that we have been through, there's a desperate need to honor the marriage vows in the context of better or worse. A marriage is not designed to just throw away. It is designed to rebuild if necessary. It is designed to establish if necessary. It's designed to build upon. It's designed to reproduce. It's designed to make a family. And it is not easily broken. Listen to me. I realize that forgiveness is a major part of the building blocks of any marriage. And I'm going to challenge every one of you. I've been married 40 years. For the majority of the church, that's longer than most of you have been alive. There have been difficult times. There have been failures. There have been disappointments and letdowns. There have been hard times and struggles. I've pastored for many years. Sitting across from my desk, I understand the failures. I understand the mistakes. But my goal tonight is the overriding bigger picture. You know what? We need to fix our marriages. We need to put our marriages on a solid ground and begin tonight on building on the proper foundation. And that will include the vows that you and I have promised to. Marriage is a sacred covenant of two people agreeing to vows. I want to close with the vows. I want to remind every one of you what you promised to one another.
tonight during this altar call if you would get your wife and your husband doesn't matter what you've been through doesn't matter if you're the strongest marriage in Arizona doesn't matter if you're the worst marriage in Arizona it doesn't matter the struggles that you're going through the disappointments or failures if you would revisit the vows the bonds of marriage if you would grab each other's hands at this altar call I just want to point out a few things that the vows clearly stated and I will remind you that if the man and the woman from this day forward will not only revisit but will embrace and exercise and give themselves to these vows it will be the glue and the bonding power to heal your marriage and build a family that your children can be proud to grow up in. That's the bigger picture. The first thing I want to talk about in our vows, which must be a priority in the man and the woman, is firstly that it was done in the sight of God. Any marriage that you've seen me do, I make an issue of it being in the sight of God. And the reason that's so important is because it's a little deeper and a little more serious than just we came together and we agreed. If we understand that our vows were in the presence of God Almighty, and that we have pledged to live according to God's holy ordinance. These were the promises. This was the promise. This is the contract. Secondly, I have to tell you that love is essential. Because any marriage, regardless where it may be in the framework of longevity, there's an essential of love that has to be exercised which is best defined as the giving of oneself there's probably not a greater threat to a marriage and a violation of the vows when we don't understand that love has to be displayed in light of the other person. I want to challenge every man here today. You have to and must be. You promised. It was the vow. I promise to love her and keep her. We must be concerned about her needs. We must be concerned about her feelings. We must be concerned about what she wants and what she needs in this marriage. Love is an essential 
I want to challenge every woman. The responsibility of love is also upon your vow as you're responsible to be the woman you need to be. Giving him honor and respect and finding that place in the vows that you have said one to another. There is absolutely no room for self. Most marriages become extremely strained when the man or the woman are more interested in their own needs than in the needs of the other person. And I can tell you from a long-term marriage, the longer you are married, the more real this subject becomes. These are the vows that we made before God and men. We must learn to comfort one another. Not engage one another. Comfort is a term of tenderness and endearment. There must be a respect and an honor to both parties. A value to both parties involved. For better or for worse. And I want to tell you, in any marriage, there's going to be times that it's absolutely amazing. And there's going to be other times where it's a little more difficult. It'll be better and it will be worse. But that this has nothing to do with the dissolving of the vows. A promise that we made to comfort and to be tender and to respond in love for better or worse. So easy to become consumed with our own needs. It speaks of sickness and in health. In my long-term marriage, we've exercised both of these subjects. Or we've had to honor the vows in sickness. Sandra and I have both watched our bodies enter into sickness. Times where the vows, regardless of what we go through. Sometimes one of the people in this contract will become extremely ill. We've seen this before. And the vows are designed to function and to operate even in the confines of sickness or in health. The vows that we make towards each other involve our financial condition. Listen to me, richer or poor, our vows cannot be contingent on the amount of money coming in or the lack thereof. You and I must be given over to the vows of marriage, the promise of essential love, comfort and tenderness and forgiveness and respect and honor is the obligation of both the man and the woman. The bigger picture is we must make this marriage work. The last large fight I had with my wife, I still remember like it was yesterday. We had a knockdown drag out. It was horrible. We said crazy things to each other. Isn't it amazing the crazy things we say for the sole purpose of hurting one another? We are absolutely insane when we do not recognize the responsibility of our vows. 
Nowhere in our vows did we promise to be mean or rude or bring up the past or hurl our mistakes at one another. You will never heal into that atmosphere. But the promise to love is essential and the, the ministry one to another in honor and respect and in healing. The last fight we had. I remember Sandra said, you know what? We need to stop fighting. We just need to get along and make this work. Because it's till one of us dies. What powerful revelation that woman had. I want to remove the options. We have to make our marriages work. Not only for us, but for the generation to come. And the vows are going to play a major role. And lastly, second to lastly, I made a big issue, I've made a big issue of this for 30 years. Forsaking all others. Keeping only unto her only unto him so long as you both shall live a vow of loyalty and purity moral choice to keep only unto her only unto him all I'm going to say about this subject is you cannot measure the pain or the impact that immorality has when you step out on your husband and wife and give yourself to someone else, when you break these vows morally, you have no understanding of the depth of debris that this creates, the assault of pain to the heart of the family, the destructive force behind the violation of this vow, I challenge you today to remember what you promised. I promise to forsake all others, keeping only unto you so long as we both shall live for the rest of our life. I can tell you that for the last 40 years of my life, I have never never even put myself in a precarious position. I have never once compromised my vows. I have never remotely or subtly violated my wife. Listen to me. The vows that we have made before God and man is the glue. If your marriages have been stained by this subject, We need to never allow this to happen again. Requiring forgiveness on both sides. And lastly, we promise to obey, to serve, and to love. These are the vows that we made one to another. I am absolutely focused as a laser. Our nation must rebuild the traditional home. And that traditional home is a long-term marriage. A man and a woman 
bound together by the vows of matrimony. This will create the atmosphere that your children desperately need. The greatest gift I've ever given my children is the love that I've showed for their mother. The greatest gift I've ever given my grandchildren is the love that I showed to their grandmother and to their mother and father. To obey and respond to these vows is what will put our marriages on a sure foundation. I want you to bow your heads in this place. You're not saved, you're not born again, you're not right with God. Pastor Eddie, I want to get right with God. I want to open my heart and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to say this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Pour out of your Spirit upon me. I receive the work of the cross. Forgive me of all my sins. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Finally, I would like everyone listening to me today, especially if you're married, or I know there's some of you that are going to get married, I want you to take each other's hands. And I want you to remember the vows. Forget everything that's behind. Let it go. The bigger picture is our marriages have to survive. The bigger picture is our marriages have to hold together. And if there's those who violated on either side, the man or the woman, Maybe it's time for you to ask for new forgiveness. And maybe the opposing part should offer the forgiveness that is necessary. But the bigger picture is a solid foundation for a family and children to grow up in a proper home. And moreover, I want you to remember these vows if you will consider the vows that you made to one another, you didn't make them to me. You made them before me and before God. You made them to each other. And why don't you tonight grab each other's hands. It don't have to be long and drawn out, but look at each other in the eye. So you know what? I'm going to remember and I'm going to honor the vows and the covenant that we entered into however long ago it may have been. We must heal our marriages. May the hand of God be on our families. I ask this in Jesus' name. Touch these folks. Find a place to pray. God bless you.